Opus 111's Mike Mayle suggests whatever you do, don't let the headlines make your investment decisions for you. You know, a combination of these uh, volatile market conditions, bad timing, and, well, of course, the negative headlines have, have caused the average U.S. investor to lose twice as much as the S&P did last year. Now, this is uh, according to a new study from Dalbar, who we've talked about before. Dalbar is a uh, company that basically tracks mutual fund flows uh, all around the country, aggregate cash flow data from U.S. mutual funds. That's their, uh, I would say, definition. And they've been doing this since 1994, so they've got a pretty good track record of just how folks do. And they don't track you individually. It's just by, again, uh, category, sectors, asset allocation, fixed income, equity, that kind of category, not by uh, who runs the fund or anything like that. Uh, they have no, this is not personal access. The, um, what they call their quantitative analysis of investor behavior, okay, I'll just call it a report, I found that uh, the turmoil kind of didn't help folks last year. The uh, S&P was down 4.38%. Again, that was due mostly to what happened in December. But the average stock investor, stock fund investor, and that's whether uh, traditional funds or ETFs, had an average loss of 9.4. So more than twice what the S&P lost. And as a matter of fact, investors were net withdrawers of funds in 2018 and lagged the S&P in good times and bad. That's a quote from Delbar. Uh, you know, one of the, uh, an example of kind of reacting to the news, last month a company called Church and Dwight, now you may know them better as the company that makes uh, Arm & Hammer uh, baking soda, among other things. Anyhow, um, they, re they missed their earnings by a penny. Okay, yeah. But because they missed their earnings by a penny, the stock dropped 7.6% on that day. Now that's a total rational response, wouldn't you agree? However, since then, the stock is up 18%, hitting a new 52-week high this, this last week. Now, I'm not, pick, I'm not suggesting you race out and buy Arm & Hammer or anything like that. No, the point is, is that you react to the news, uh, and these are momentum traders likely that sold the stock so heavily on when it was, uh, the news came out. But nonetheless, if you reacted to that, mm, you're probably not a happy camper right now. Uh, now, uh, the chief marketing officer at Dalbar said, unfortunately, the problem is compounded by being out of the market during the recovery months. As a result, stock investors trailed the S&P by 504 basis points. Now, that's more than 5% because 100 basis points is 1%. So, uh, and again, they say the average investor earns much less than market indices. And you, you, folks are their own worst enemy. You know, they, they bail on their strategies when the headlines get them rattled. And this is something, you know, this is by way of forewarned is forearmed. I think that's how that goes. Uh, is to say, okay, I'm not advocating that the market's going down anytime soon. I'm No. But individually, you have to look at your own holdings and say, am I comfortable with the way things are? That's what's called asset allocation. Have I got myself mm, figured out, if you will? You know, surprises move stocks the most, and the fears being talked about now are certainly not new. Uh, growth throughout this expansion has been relatively slow, which, is, again, helps create these recurring worries about the health of the economy. 
Folks tend to fixate on trouble spots and recession risks. Well, again, because it's constantly thrown in your face by our friends in the media. But while both exist, and they almost always do, we see positive fundamentals too. You know, you gridlock governments around the developed world. They can't do anything stupid. Uh, positively sloped global yield curve. And again, we'll talk about the yield curve after probably the break at the bottom. And uh, the Chinese stimulus kicking in, that'll come at some point. And, of course, solid corporate revenues. Those get little attention, which is evidence of low positive sentiment. So we think the bull market probably goes on for some time longer, even if growth doesn't just get run away. Using uh, Brian Westbury's uh, capital markets, uh, excuse me, capitalized profits model, if you look at stocks in general, they still remain cheap, and not only at today's interest rates, but using a 10-year Treasury yield of 3.5%. So basically, the stocks would be still, I won't say undervalued, but certainly uh, worth buying up until the point you get to see the Treasury at 35 and with it currently at 24 uh, that that's a long way to go because, again, they move by increments of 1%. One one hundredth of one percent. So, yeah, don't don't be worrying about that too much. Um, so let's see what time we got. Uh, we got a little bit more time. So um, let's hit a couple of these economic things here. Thirty-year mortgage rates again, due to the interest rates, uh, fell twenty-two basis points last week. Now again, one basis point is one one hundredth of one percent. So 22 basis points, less than one quarter of 1%, was the largest one-week drop since December of 2008. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, some uh, rates are being quoted now at 4.06%. That's the lowest level in 14 months. Please don't ask me where that is. I have no idea. I was just writing it down. Um, and, uh, oh, anniversary day. On the 26th, which I think was a couple days ago of March, in 1979, OPEC uh, said they would raise the price of crude, from, this is per barrel, from $13.34 to $14.55. And that kicked off all kinds of inflation all around the world that kept going for multiple years. And again, just for <laughs> relative, crude settled at 6014 a barrel yesterday. That's had its best quarter since 2009. So... Just an example of using current data as uh, the reason to extrapolate straight out from that, that things will never change, good or bad. Not a good idea. Oh, real GDP released yesterday, gross domestic product, grew 2.2% in the fourth quarter, 3% for all of last year. And, le- and the quarter's growth was the fastest growth for any, uh, excuse me, the year's growth was the fastest growth for any year since 2005. Now, nominal GDP, which is real GDP growth plus inflation, well, that grew at 4.1% in the fourth quarter, 5.2% up in 2018, 4.9% over the past two years. So what that says, uh, you can, I think, fairly easily say that money uh, is not tight. Oh, and and there's been these uh, politicians talking about new green deals and other, mm, well, comments like that the reality is that hydrocarbons that's oil natural gas coal currently supply 84 percent of global energy now two decades ago that combination supplied 87 percent 
of global energy. So over 20 years, we've also had total energy use in the world grow by 50%, which means we've added two entire uh, United States worth of demand in that period of time. And this uh, three percentage growth, excuse me, three percentage point decline in the hard hydrocarbon share of world energy, that costs $2 trillion in global spending on alternatives. The point is, is that uh, don't be betting on solar and all that stuff just yet. Listen to Money Management with Opus 111's Mike Mail every Saturday morning on KXLY in Spokane or stream it online wherever you are. Plus, visit the Learn page on our website, opus111group.com, for more podcasts and videos. Securities offered through KMS Financial Services.